This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Monday, February 8th. This is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups episode. We're going to talk about some rookies putting up good numbers, some intriguing players on bad teams, and some old waiver wire friends return to the show. That is all coming up in just a minute. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Right now I'm joined. Did I ever say my name? Did I say Matt Straup? I'm Matt Straup. I, I can't remember whether I said that, but I, I'm joined by uh, Steve Alexander. Steve, what's going on? I'm Matt Straup. Hey, I uh, I got to use my putter. Oh, on Saturday I went went and played golf. It was a little cold. I was not really prepared. Did not go well. It wasn't the putter's fault. User error. All right. Really, more of all the other clubs. Putter was fine, but um, also it's kind of a bummer. I lost to, lost my favorite pair of sunglasses out there. But you know how how I've been kind of uh, hyping up the old uh, Roto World optimizer for DFS. Sure. Set my lineup on Saturday morning, forgot about it, got home from golf, looked at it, realized I have Isaiah Roby and Al Horford in my lineup, neither of which is playing on Saturday. So I have seven guys, and we racked up a little set it and forget it, a little 325, and I uh, I won my little matchup with my buddies. Wait, you won seven, seven, seven on nine? Who yep. do we owe that to? Well, Steph Curry had a cool 70. Yeah, useful. Lonzo had 41. DeRozan had 49. Diallo had 31. Ingram had 58. Middleton had 28. And Chris Boucher had 48. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. A long overdue Chris Boucher sighting. All right, Steve, let's get into these waiver wire pickups. 
I feel like we have to start with Josh Jackson, who absolutely went off on Saturday night against the Lakers. 28 points, 8 boards, 5 threes, 2 steals, 1 block. His last 4 games look like this. 19.5 points, 6.3 boards, 2.8 assists, 1.0 steals, 1.0 blocks, 3.0 threes, 46.3% from the field, 76.2% from the line, just 17% rostered in Yahoo as we tape this. Really looks like one of the hottest waiver pickups out there, Steve. Do you have how many times Detroit plays this week handy in front of you? (laughs) It's funny you should ask that. Uh, I do. They play four times times. in each of the next three weeks. Oh, wow. Best schedule in basketball. I got to imagine you're excited about Josh Jackson. I am. I I, uh, rostered him a lot early in the season. Uh, He got hot for a couple games, and, and a lot of us jumped on that bandwagon for a second but it didn't last very long he kind of went away quickly but man he was awesome in that game against the Lakers I think he he sent the game to one of those two overtimes I believe and uh yeah the the numbers you mentioned over his last four are pretty great so yes I and I I've got so many injured players right now Christian Wood and Carl Anthony Towns and several other guys I will be looking for some Josh Jackson on Sunday night. Hang on, Steve. I got to. I got to uh, jump to telling my kids not to scream. Please stop yelling. I can hear you on my recording. Okay. Do you hear me? Good lord. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you ever like? Do you ever lose it? Oh my god! All the time. <laughs> All the time. You never. You never do when you're on camera. I've noticed. Exactly. Wait, hot mic. <laughs> it's always like, hey guys. <laughs> Hey, gang. So, hey, could you please keep it down? Daddy's trying to work. Hey, gang. Someone was telling me about that Will Ferrell <laughs> SNL skit. Hey, gang. <laughs> it remind, I like uh, uh, MacGruber, the MacGruber movie when the when the truck full of uh, studs explodes and blows up and everybody's clearly dead and he runs out there. He's like, Tug, Tug, you guys okay? <laughs> I like everything about the MacGruber movie. I mean... Talk about it. Talk about a classic. I've got five tons of C four. Yeah, I, I love that scene. Matt, when your when your children get older, they do useful things instead of interrupt your podcast recording. Like last night, it actually snowed here in North Georgia, and my satellite dish was covered in snow. And my satellite dish is like in the woods behind the house, like up an embankment. Like it's not easy to get to, especially for old people. And uh. I sent him up there, and he went up there, and actually on the second, it only took two tries, but he cleaned that thing off, and we were back in business watching hoops. Wow. You have that to look forward to. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, All right. Heading to Oklahoma City, Steve. Uh, We talked about this guy last week. Teo Maladon is starting a point guard for the Thunder. George Hill is out at least into March after thumb surgery. I believe he's set to be reevaluated in early March. So... Last five games for Maladon, 12.4 points, 3.2 rebounds, 3.2 assists. Those aren't numbers that jump off the page at you, but then you get to 2.2 steals and 2.6 threes, shooting 48.8% from the field. He had a six-steal game recently, and he doesn't look like a guy who's going to get a ton of assists, but it looks like the steals and threes could make this rookie stand out. He's just 16% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. OKC is another team that goes 4-4-4 on the schedule grid heading into the all-star break. So that is fantastic. 
I, I'm all about Maladone right now. I think he is a guy that should be added everywhere. Darius Baisley also should also be rostered everywhere. And by the way, you mentioned Al Horford earlier in connection with your DFS lineup. When he is playing lately, I know he sat out that back-to-back on Saturday, but man, he has been going off. He's been balling, man. Ridiculous game on Friday, I think. 26-7-8 and eight with two steals and three blocks or something like that. It's just... You know, I know he's a potential trade candidate out of Oklahoma City, et cetera. But for now, wow, very, very fun player to have on your roster. I still have some trust issues with Horford. I feel like he went beast mode last week, but I, uh, he makes me nervous. Makes me nervous to use him. With LaMarcus Aldridge out with a hip flexor, many people have been adding one Jakob Pertle. To their fantasy squads he's 36 percent rostered and on saturday night he showed both his merits and limitations by going 0 for 6 from the field for two points but <laughs> pulled down 11 boards with a block that's what pertle of course does well what uh your excitement level on pertle as a waiver wire pickup at the moment not high it is not it has not been high really for his entire career and he's Pirtle's a guy who gets love like once every couple months. People be, get kind of fired up about him, like right now. Um, people get fired up about him. And then he just kind of fizzles and never really does much. Their schedule doesn't really inspire me. It's 4-3-3. However, this is kind of crucial. Along with the Pelicans, the San Antonio Spurs play three games. Uh, the Pelicans, Nuggets and Spurs play three games in a week where everybody else plays one or two uh, that first first week of the All-Star break. So got that going for him. And by then, LaMarcus Aldridge is probably back. Yeah, and he, even when LaMarcus is out, I like I said, man, I, I'd struggle. Struggle with the Pirtle. Yeah, I mean, he had 19 points recently. It's possible that was going to be his best game of the season. So, I mean, you may have already missed it. I think he's fine in a deeper league for rebounds and blocks. But other than that, I share your excitement level uh, being minimal. And like you said, I do. I think you're right. We probably missed the best of Pirtle. Also, it's hard for you to get enthusiastic about any Spurs. We should just add that caveat. There, there's that also. Okay, Steve, say the name with me. T.J. McConnell. How did you say that last time we said it? <laughs> T.J. McConnell. I said his name and you were like, T.J. McConnell. There you go. I've been rostering some T.J. McConnell, some Indiana Pacers backup point guard. He's not been bad. Lots of assists, no points. So if you need a guy that's going to score points, you do not want to mess with McConnell. If you have a team that is struggling in assists and he's sitting out there and your scoring is fine, then he's almost a must-add player. However, the Pacers go 3-3-4, and then they also have a three-game week that first week of the All-Star break. McConnell had 12 and 15 assists in back-to-back games prior to Sunday as my voice cracks. Also, his inability to score double-digit points is almost uncanny at this point. He scored nine points again on Friday night. That was when he had 15 assists. He has not topped nine points all season. Just a remarkable a remarkable feat. I mean, you'd think at some point you would run into a double-digit game. It's, it just could almost happen by accident when you're playing this much. It's pretty cool that Doug McDermott is his teammate. He can't get a steal. He can't run into a steal, and T.J. McConnell cannot run into a 10-point game. All right, who's next on my list here, Steve? Oh, I know. It's a guy we've talked about 
something in the neighborhood of 35 times this season. Patrick Williams of the Bulls had a good weekend in his last three games, has put up 16 points per game, eight rebounds per game, 1.5 steals, 0.7 blocks. Hit just one triple in those three games, but the number four overall pick in the draft is looking good, is 19% rostered. Do you have anything to add on Williams that we haven't said already? I mean, I will say we have mentioned him all these times, and he's never really fully taken off. So I guess I'll ask it this way to you. Do you think there's a chance it's happening now? It could be. The Bulls are kind of weird. I feel like I never know what Otto Porter is doing or he's going to do. Laurie Markkinen is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's incredible one moment and he's not the next. Denzel Valentine makes these appearances out of nowhere and, and does some weird stuff. Like Thaddeus Young suddenly looks like an all-star. It's just a weird setup in Chicago. But I do like Patrick Williams' game. I think we've we've liked his game from the beginning. We just say he looks like he's got an NBA body. He looks like he's ready to play in the NBA. So maybe it's starting now. The, the Bulls go three games, then four games, then four games. And then after the All-Star break is over, they've got a five-game week. So that's going to be a time. That's week 13, starting March 15th. Like that's going to be a that's going to be a Pat Williams bonanza that week. But, I mean, if the Bulls play four games, I'm not afraid to use him right now. Let's talk Rockets here for a second. Jay Sean Tate has had some big games, including 19.7 boards, one steal, two blocks, and two threes last week. But he followed it up with just four points and five rebounds on Saturday night. And that really highlights his inconsistency. His stat lines have been all over the place. He's just 7% rostered, so... It's a player with a fantasy-friendly game who's readily available, but is there too much inconsistency for you from Tate? There is inconsistency. It makes me a little nervous. I do like the fact that he's he appears to be locked into that starting job. It all depends on if his teammates, what they're doing, because John Wall misses games. Oladipo's been kind of dinged up a little bit. Christian Wood, we know, is, is going to be out for a minute, sadly. But I still like Jay Sean Tate, and I, I feel like you're going to have some off nights and some bad games, but you're also going to have some good ones. As long as he's starting and the minutes are there, unlike a guy like Isaac Okoro, it seems like Jay Sean usually does something with his minutes. The Rockets go 4-4-4 for the next three weeks as far as games played goes. If I've got Jay Sean, I'm probably going to hold on to him, and I, I'm really not scared to pick him up. But you're right, I'm, there will be nights when you will will not love having him. Also in Houston, Old friend of the podcast doesn't know he's a friend of the podcast. Daniel House is starting to make some noise for the Rockets. See, your face just lit up when I said that name. You just smiled. It's like an old friend coming by for a for a beverage. His last five games, though, Steve, 9.6 points, 3.8 rebounds, 2.6 dimes, 1.4 steals, 2.4 threes. He's not been a guy you would want on your roster up to this point, but there are at least signs of life right now. Is this doing anything for you? Has this moved the needle at all? I'm intrigued. We'll go with that. And my favorite thing about Dan Wellhouse, and the reason I smile whenever I hear his name, is I think that was the first uh, hint of the Shirzy bet that we had. And I, I think the original wager was for a Dan Wellhouse jersey for whoever won. One of us was going to get a Dan Wellhouse That's jersey. True. Now, that ship sailed. We moved on from Dan Wellhouse for various reasons, and they're all pretty valid. <laughs> uh, but he is making noise. Like, I've noticed how well he's been playing. But again, I think it's all tied to who's healthy and who's not in Houston. I think I'm in a 
monitor this situation stage for Daniel House. Like, if he does this another game or two, then I might be ready. A champion will be crowned as golf's biggest stars go head-to-head on the final day of the Waste Management Open. Final round coverage today on Golf Channel and NBC. And don't miss the premiere of NBC Sports Edge BetCast, a whole new way to watch golf. Get a better view with insights and analysis, plus live odds powered by PointsBet. Get inside the action at PeacockTV.com slash golf. Meanwhile, are you up against the clock frequently to get your waiver claims in, or maybe you can't decide who to put into your lineup as tip-off approaches? Save time and make the best decisions with our new NBA League Sync tool. It pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to show you the best available players on waivers, who to start, who to sit, and much more. Let League Sync do the work. You get the benefits. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, and our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro tier. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more. and Use promo code NBA Pod 10 for $10 off any annual premium package. Okay, Steve. I mean, we're officially into flyer territory here if we weren't there already. But one name to keep an eye on on your waiver wires, I think, is Peyton Pritchard of the Celtics. We talked about him recently as a guy to consider with Marcus Smart out. Uh, he's back from his knee injury, had eight points and a couple of threes in 19 minutes in his first game back. They played again on Sunday. So I would check back to see what Pritchard did on Sunday if you're considering adding him. He is 4% rostered in Yahoo as we tape this. I really like him, and had he not gotten hurt, I think he would be almost a household name in fantasy by now because he was going to get a ton of minutes, and the Celtics go 4-4-4 next three weeks. Seems like everybody does, doesn't it? <laughs> not the Spurs. No, and a lot of teams don't. It's just it, it's these guys on these teams that we're talking about have the good schedules. So. How about that? Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Alec Burks is 32% rostered. His last four games prior to Sunday look like this. Seven points, 18 points, three points, 16 points. Does have two steals in three of those last four. Is there any appeal for you here, Steve, in fantasy? I mean, Burks is a guy who came out looking awesome, then missed time with an injury and has been really inconsistent since then. Is this too much inconsistency for you? It's a lot of inconsistency, and it's a lot of – I feel like he's a scorer and not really a fantasy baller kind of guy. If I need somebody who can score, I I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. He has – I mean, there several of his teammates there in New York have kind of fallen off the map and don't really play much anymore, like Kevin Knox, for instance. So I, I'm intrigued by him. I'm probably not going to be rushing out to pick up Alec Burks any – Anytime soon, I don't think. Knicks go 3-4-4 four, four over the next three. Not going to mess with him in a three-game week. If he has a good three games this week, though, the next couple weeks I might look at him. I'm in a wait-and-see mode on him. Kevin Knox looking like maybe he wasn't the best use of the number nine pick a couple years ago. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oof. Just going to put it Ouch. out there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Okay, now we're really getting into deep league. Deep league, deep league, because I was about to say Maxi Kleba, so I said deep league. Uh, I've lost my <laughs> mind. He had 16 points, eight rebounds, four assists with four threes on Saturday night. 11% rostered. Start of a hot streak, Steve. Would you consider starting him for the upcoming week, or are you ignoring Kleba in deeper leagues? I'm pretty much ignoring him. You know, I watch a lot of Dallas Mavericks. He's Kleba is always a little bit intriguing to me. Like, you, you know he's going to have one or two good games per week, but he's also going to have times when he doesn't do a lot. I, I just feel like you can find uh, similar guys, if not better guys, out there on your wire without rolling with, with the Klebs. And he goes, Dallas goes 4-2-4 four, four over the next three weeks. So they've got four this week. If you want to roll with Kleber this week, it makes sense. That two-game week, he's going to be back on the wire. All right, not a name that I thought we'd be talking about in terms of waivers at any point this season. Juan Toscano Anderson has gotten a chance to play much more with the Warriors shorthanded in the front court. His last three games, he's averaged 10.7 points, 6.7 boards, 2.7 dimes, 1.0 steals, 1.0 blocks, 1.73. Somehow shooting 72% from the field in his 33 minutes over those three games. Worth considering Juan Toscano Anderson for a Monday-Tuesday back-to-back against the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what Eric Pascal and Kevon Looney are doing. Looney, I think, is out for a while, right? So he's probably not going to play next week. Pascal, we don't really know about. He's day-to-day. He was out Saturday. If Pascal's out again next week, then I am good with rolling with JTA. Uh, By the way, Draymond Green's assist numbers have been unbelievable. What, first center to have 15 assists in back-to-back games since, like, Wilt or something? But, yeah, Toscano Anderson, if Pascal's out, I'm good with it. And the Warriors go 4-4-4 the next three weeks. Wait, what did you just say that I was going to respond to? Oh, Draymond Draymond Green. Green. Man, I can't imagine. If you have him in fantasy, you're getting such a gift right now as as an option to potentially trade him or include him in a multiplayer trade. I just think... You have a phenomenal opportunity right now to get some value back for having drafted Draymond Green. Do you agree with that, Steve, or, or are you more optimistic? Like, oh, no, this is the start of something great. Like, he's back. I, I just I see this as such a good opportunity to get something back. Well, especially if I trade my Draymond to Jared Johnson. I mean, I can only imagine what I'd get back. Like, this is the ultimate get-rid-of-him-right-now time because the numbers have been crazy i i have not been super psyched as a draymond green manager this year i would not be opposed to moving him and i think you're right like now's the time i hadn't really thought about it because i'm i don't know i have so many leagues it's hard for me to even remember who i've got where but i should probably sit down figure out where i've got draymond green shares and make some offers you are correct last name on the list steve Desmond Bain of the Grizzlies has been making some noise, sort of. 
I think this is really for people in much, much deeper leagues. He scored just five points on Saturday night, but that did break a streak of four straight double-digit games. So his last five games put him at 12.4 points, 2.6 dimes, 2.23s. The defensive stats aren't really there, just 0.4 steals, 0.6 blocks. I mean, I need to see more to make him more than just a points and threes guy, but he's 4% rostered, so in a much deeper league, maybe he's a worthwhile flyer right now. Man, it's unbelievable. The guys that we talked about today almost all play 4-4-4 the next three weeks, and it's not like every team does that. But Memphis does. It's really uncanny uh, how you have managed to pull that off. But, yeah, I'm not going to run out and add Bain to any any of my teams. I'd rather go with Jay Sean or some of these other guys. Like Josh Jackson clearly is the must-add player right now. But, you know, if you're in a deep league and you have lost a couple players lately – and you need a, a shooting guard to fill in, and they play four games. I mean, I could see a world where Bain gets picked up in a 12-man league, but I just feel like there's other guys out there that you should be targeting first. Agreed. And Steve, before we get out of here, I thought it would be worthwhile. We're taping this on Sunday before the Super Bowl. I thought it would be worthwhile to put our Super Bowl predictions down on tape and see how ridiculous we look come Monday morning. So... I think we should just go on the record here with our uh, with our final score and our winner. Well, you had something you wanted to talk about at the end of this podcast, which is Super Bowl. I would like to make sure we don't forget to cover uh, a certain free throw shooter's recent tear before we get out of here. All right, here's my Super Bowl prediction. I'm wearing a an Indianapolis Colts hat right now. I'm a huge Colts fan. When Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were teamed up in New England for all those years, ruining my hopes and dreams every single year uh, until 2006. There was no one in the sports universe that I could not stand more than, than Tom Brady. Like, I, him and Belichick, I just, oh, man, I, I, use, I use a word that I don't like to use for them a lot. But something funny happened on his way to Tampa Bay. And maybe it's the fact that Belichick's not there. Maybe it's the fact that he's just a super old guy now trying to pull off some history. But I don't dislike Tom Brady like nearly as much as I used to. And in fact, I've found myself rooting for him. I found myself gambling on him. I think the Chiefs are a better team. I think Mahomes is a better player. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win at home in Super Bowl 55. Do you have a score? Uh, 31-24. Hadn't really thought about that. You know, it's funny. I, I said this on the Roto World football podcast the other day. Everyone else was picking Kansas City, and I said I had this sick feeling that somehow Tampa's going to win. It's not going to make sense that they did, but they're going to do it. And I have a similar story to you because I'm a Falcons fan, and I was traumatized by Brady <laughs> for years, and I definitely don't dislike him as much as I did when he was in New England. With all that said, I am also picking the Bucks to win for reasons that don't make any sense. Like I said, I, I don't know why it's going to happen. It just is. So I have the Bucks 34-27. Oh, well, you know, I think we both have learned over the course of time that you you probably should not bet against Tom Brady, in, especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the Falcons. I mean, I didn't mention that, but by the time that happened, you know, I grew up in Indianapolis and was there until 2004, and then I moved to the Atlanta area and, you know, sitting in a bar in Dahlonega, Georgia, watching the Falcons just trounce the Patriots. People were celebrating at halftime, and and we all know how that ended. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I've been tra- traumatized by him in two different cities. Yeah, we don't need to 
go too far into the details of that one. But I will say, no. I mean, I think that my rational brain that watches football thinks the Chiefs are definitely going to win. But just there's something that I haven't been able to get out of my mind that somehow Tampa's going to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel the same way. I just feel like Tampa's going to win the game. And like I said, the Chiefs are a better team. Yeah, the Chiefs should win. But why is it that the Bucks somehow are going to? That's my prediction. <laughs> because they have Tom Brady. <laughs> okay. They have Tom yeah. Brady. Uh, Lucas, Lucas free throw shooting's been outstanding. It's his field goal percentage, Matt, that is causing the fantasy problems at this point. He's still not hitting a ton of shots. His free throws, I think he's up to 78, he is. 78%. He had a 10 for 10 night. He had a 14 to 17. Things are going really well. Looking at looking at adding to my jersey collection real soon. Although Steve, I don't I don't know. He's gone on these like tears where it looks like he's figured out from the free throw line and then he gets cold again. And I saw a little 11 of 14 on Saturday night. A few misses there. Some cracks in the hole. I think that that could be the start of another downturn. I will take 11 of 14 all day. I'm good with 11 of 14. That's true. 11 of 14 is a winning number for you. It is. But 11 of 15, that's a good number for me. So we're one we're one miss away from where we need to be. That's how I'm spinning it for myself. Yeah, I feel like we're headed quickly approaching 80% on the season. I, I feel like things are keep keep going in the right direction. <laughs> keep dreaming. We're going to be back here in two weeks like, man, what happened? He's 6 for 10 and 7 for 13. And all of a sudden, he's back to 74%. This thing's going to yo-yo all year. It's just going to, it's going to be who has the ball last. No, but at least the Mavericks have won a couple of games. That shootout between Luka and Steph Curry on Saturday was was pretty sick. And, and, and you know, I've I've taped so many Mavericks games this year and I forgot to tape that one, but I think the snow on the satellite dish thing would have would have made that not happen anyway. So I didn't really get to watch. I had to had to tune into Sports Center to see some some highlights of that. All right, that is about going to do it for us. I'm going to get out of here before another kid knocks on my door. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We'll be back here on Wednesday with the 4x5 episode, and then we'll be back here on Friday again. Hope you all enjoyed the Super Bowl. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, buddy. Daddy's working. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.